Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's up, y'all? We are back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Download it today. Use the promo code DNVR when you sign up. All right, y'all, it is Sunday night. It's probably Monday when you are listening to this, but we had a pair of epic Elite Eight matchups. San Diego State becomes the first Mountain West team in conference history to advance to the Final Four. I'm going to talk about that briefly in the intro, talk about why this season was so unique in particular for the Aztecs, and then just kind of talk about their program and why it's such a great example of patience paying off when they had a tremendous coach. You know, if you go back and look at Steve Fisher's first six years, that program was not what it is today. But the San Diego State admin, they showed patience and they allowed him to build it into the powerhouse, along with Brian Dutcher, who took over when Fisher retired post-2017. And they've really got it rolling right now. So I'll dive into that. I'll give a few thoughts on Gonzaga. I won't go quite as long on the Zags, but the narrative around that program always frustrates me. And then we'll segue into a little spring football. Tomorrow, spring practice is going to begin. It was supposed to start over the weekend. Ended up getting pushed back. But I'm going to dive into a position group that I think the depth is certainly a little bit concerning going into the the start of spring. And we'll talk about some position changes and just some stuff to keep your eyes on in the spring. But before we get into everything, when you get hurt, Backus and Shanker is here to help. Backus and Shanker wins for Colorado families. They have been helping those who are seriously injured in Colorado for more than 25 years. They're free until they win money in your case. No upfront fee to speak with you about your case. No fee while they work on your case and no fee unless they win your case and win money for you. Backus and Shanker has won over $1 billion for their clients now with even more locations serving all of Colorado, including neighborhood offices in Denver, Aurora, Inglewood, and Fort Collins. Backus and Shanker has the strength and power to win your case with more than 30 lawyers and 100 staff. Backus and Shanker helps with all kinds of injury cases when you weren't at fault, car accidents, motorcycle, ride chair, pedestrians, trucks. They can even help if you're injured at work. Call Backus and Shanker at 222-2222 to find out if you have a case for free. Backus and Shanker wins. All right, all right, all right. Let's just jump right into it. San Diego State takes down Creighton in a thriller, 57-56. They were down by five at halftime, but outscored Creighton by six. Math ended up pulling it out. Darian Trammell hits the game-winning free throw. Unsurprisingly, some controversy on whether it was a foul or not, whether it should have been called in that moment or not. I'm not going to ramble on and on about that. I will say... There's a part of me that hates to see a game that epic decided at the free throw line. That said, it was a foul. And if it's a foul in the first 39 minutes and and 30 seconds, why shouldn't it be a foul in the final 30 seconds? Sure, maybe you give them a little bit more leeway in that scenario, but it was a pretty clear foul. And the defender got torched on the drive. He got him on the body. Trammell's a light guy, so it, it looks more dramatic, but that's the truth. And Trammell took advantage, to his credit. He did miss the first one, and I was wondering, oh man, is he going to 
seeing him miss the second one, I'm sure there were all kinds of just emotions and the pressure he was feeling in that moment was it was absurd, but he was able to do it. His post-game interview was really cool. He was really emotional, but that was just a typical San Diego State win. Offensively, it wasn't perfect, but they did hit some shots. They had really great guard play, I thought. Matt Bradley kind of kind of off in this one, struggled to hit some shots, but Trammell was great. Lamont Butler was huge. But they just kind of lingered. They did enough offensively to keep it close, especially with what they were doing defensively, which was stifling. I mean, they held Creighton to 2 of 17 from three-point range. They're just so sound in that regard. They're phenomenal at shot contests, and having the length obviously helps, and having versatile bigs that can cover so much ground helps. It allows you to, you know, kind of keep some of those guards along the perimeter. But that ability to defend the three has just been so huge. If you look back at their box scores from this run, CSU at 29% from three-point range and that heartbreaking loss out in Vegas, that's the best anybody has shot from deep against the Aztecs in a game, at least during this run. I mean, there were performances earlier this season that were better, but during this stretch where they've just been so dominant, and have now won 14 of their last 15, including the conference tournament, obviously. During that stretch, though, they held San Jose State to 5 and 19 from 3, 26%. Then they held Utah State to 4 of 24. The Aggies probably wouldn't have been able to hit water if they fell out of a boat those last two losses. It was insane, but a huge credit to San Diego State defensively. College of Charleston went 5 of 24 from deep. Furman went 6 of 26 from deep. That's a team that's typically really efficient. Creighton, 3 of 27, or Alabama, excuse me, 3 of 27, and then Creighton, 2 of 17. On top of that, over these last four NCAA tournament wins, they're averaging six blocks per game. So not only are they defending the three, but their bigs down low are just terrorizing people in the paint, and they just do a stellar job of taking you out of a rhythm. I mean, Ryan Kalkbrenner, he did have 17 points, but it was on 17 attempts. Mensa and Arope and Ladie, they did a stellar job of limiting his impact and with him not able to take over like he did against NC state when the shots weren't falling, it didn't end up being enough, especially with the the high level guard play that San Diego state got and some of the quality looks that they were able to create down the stretch. They just played better ball on both ends when it mattered. This team is just so well coached and collectively the buy-in is tremendous. You can see it. I've talked a lot about why this year's team, to me, is probably the most impressive San Diego State team. They've had more impressive individuals come through the program over the years, but they have nine legitimate veterans that are impactful and can play 30 minutes a game. Maybe not a rope, but because of his health situation, but talent-wise, he certainly can. Instead, everyone's accepted a smaller role, and their depth is probably the best of anybody in the field, even coming into the tournament right now. It's unquestionable. And Dutcher has really figured out how to use this rotation and lean on certain individuals. Some nights it is Matt Bradley, but unlike last year, they just have more depth. Lamont Butler's been huge. Getting Darian Trammell in from Seattle University was massive. Ladie was really big on the glass, and he had some big points in the post as well. Arope was awesome down the stretch. They just, they have so many guys. And all of them were willing to accept smaller roles. They were willing to buy in, knowing that it was what was best for this group. And while it is a strength to have that much talent, it really is a challenge for the staff to figure out that rotation and how to manage everybody and keep everybody happy and when to lean on certain individuals. 
a lot of the times when you have this many experienced guys that are able of contributing, somebody gets in their own head, somebody makes it about them, and they blow the whole situation up. And that's what makes the San Diego State team just so unique. The storyline of redemption is cool. They obviously blew the game against Creighton in the 2022 NCAA tournament. They're up big. Creighton closes regulation on a 9-0 run before taking it in overtime. So now one year later for San Diego State to beat that same Creighton team. I mean, these rosters were very similar from last year. Creighton did add Shireman. San Diego State added Trammell and um, Micah Parrish from Oakland. By the way, he would have been a Ram if we had any NIL money. But for this team of veterans, after losing a heartbreaker against Creighton last year and having to hear all the narratives of San Diego State chokes in the postseason, they can't win. Yeah, they do all this great stuff in the regular season, but what does it actually mean? To go through that and then to play a gauntlet of a regular season, and they took some lumps along the way. You're not allowed to lose if you're in the Mountain West. If you have one loss, it it drops you out of the top 25, even though you could be 500 in the Big Ten but you just don't get the same benefit of the doubt in this league. So they didn't get the national respect they probably deserved. Over the last 20 games, they've been one of the best teams in the country. They're just so complete right now. They beat two good teams in Charleston and Furman and two great teams in Alabama and Creighton to get to this point. So I don't think you can question their resume. And as a Mountain West guy, I think it's cool to see. It makes me happy to see the league getting some respect I obviously have a lot of respect for San Diego State as a program and this team in particular and what they've done under Brian Dutcher. He's a stellar coach. But to me, this is just a perfect example of why you need to be patient if you have the right coach. And even good coaches have down years, and that can be relative for the program. If you look at Dutcher's first two years, yeah, they still won 20-plus games, but they only went 11-7 and in Mountain West play. That's not up to their standard. Aztecs fans were were restless, but a couple of runs to the Mountain West Tournament Championship game kind of kept everybody calm. And then all of a sudden in 2019-20, they break out with a 30-2 season. It's unfortunate that that group didn't get an opportunity to compete for a national championship because they would have been a two-seed at worst, if not a one-seed. And ever since then, it's it's been kind of a battle to get to here. They've lost, to the, they've lost in the first round of the tournament the last couple of years. Finally, they break through, and that's what you love about college basketball. The thing is, this didn't happen overnight. Go back and look at Steve Fisher's first six years at San Diego State, 5-23, and 14-14, and 14. then 21-12. and 12, They sneak into the NCAA tournament as a 13 seed, but after that, 16-14, and 14-16, and 11-18. and 18. Four of his first six seasons there were losing. One was 500 and one was a winning season that he made the NCAA tournament. It takes time. It takes time to truly build a winning program, especially if you don't have the resources of a Duke. CSU is on the right track under Nico Medved. If you look at the last five years, it's better than what Dutcher accomplished at San Diego State, and I'd say it's somewhat comparable. San Diego State had really not done much in basketball historically before Fisher got there. You know, CSU had their little run with Tim Miles and one year under you, Stacy. But historically, outside of a, a run in the 80s and a couple of spurts in the 60s, CSU has really never done much historically on the basketball side. But they are on the right track under Medved. This was a down year, but he's brought in stability to the program. In the modern era, there's always going to be some transfers, but it's not just a revolving door like it was at the end under you, Stacy. 
high school players were actually staying four years. If I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure Joe Desimon was the only high school player to last four years under Eustacey. Didn't have a single other one. Now, in his defense, J.D. Page and Prentice Nixon probably would have been those guys, and Nico as well had had Larry not been fired. Actually, I, I can't say for sure on Nico. But have some faith. Have some faith in the staff to go out and do what they have proven they can do, which is recruit and develop talent. And let's see where we can take this thing. But to the small amount of the fan base that I see, you know, tweeting stuff like, are we sure Medved's it or Teflon Medved, basically implying that he should get more criticism than he does or that this program is is not succeeding the way it should or something. It shows a lack of understanding of how this process works, particularly at the mid-major level. It's not an overnight thing. This run to the Final Four from San Diego State is more than two decades in the making under Fisher and Dutcher. And I just think it's important that we keep that perspective. All right, I'm going to move on. We're going to talk a little bit of football. Real quick, though, just a couple of thoughts on Gonzaga, who obviously came up short in the Elite Eight, had one of their worst offensive games in years. But I just don't understand the narrative that we have for Gonzaga, not, you know, collective, we college basketball consumers, they're labeled as fraudulent and they've made eight consecutive sweet 16s. They've made every single NCAA tournament since 1999. Should they have a national championship by now? Probably so. But the NCAA tournament is random. If you have 40 off minutes, even 20 off minutes, your season's done. That's what makes it so challenging. You've got to go on a six game run where you're playing your best basketball. And even then, you still got to hope that the team you're going up against doesn't just happen to be playing better. But outside of Duke, Kansas, North Carolina, maybe, I don't know, Villanova's had a nice little run. I don't think there's a fan base in the country that wouldn't take eight straight Sweet 16 appearances, even if it meant no national championships along the way. I get that the games in March are under the brightest spotlight. It's when everybody's paying attention, not just the people like me that watch all year long, but what Mark Few has been able to build at this small program in Spokane is just insane. And I hope they do eventually break through and and win a national title. But even if they do, the discourse won't change. Even if they would have won the title this year, somebody would have been like, ah, well, there were no one, twos, or threes, so it's not a real national championship. I just don't get it. I just don't understand the discourse when it comes to that program. I never will, but that's my two cents. Again, I said I wasn't going to go too long. I do want to shout out the homies at DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Hopefully, you took my advice yesterday and went with the DraftKings pick of the week, which was San Diego State Moneyline. We're just going to keep riding that Aztecs momentum until they prove us wrong. Right now, UConn, the significant favorite to win the title, but if you believe in any of the other three, you can get pretty good value there. Now's a great time to get those futures in for baseball. Spring training's almost over. Opening day will be here before we know it. You want to get those in before it's too late. Um, You could get futures in for football even. You know, you want to place a bet on Sean Payton, twin coach of the year. I believe last time I checked, he had second best odds. Whatever you're into, you can bet on it with our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Download it today. Use the promo code DNVR when you sign up. New customers bet $5, get $200 in bonus bets instantly. 
only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Again, with that code DNVR. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Finally, Foco is a leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment merchandise with a product line that includes apparel, accessories, toys, collectibles, novelty items, and more. It's the best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms. They've got a lot of cool, unique stuff on there. Broncos, Hawaiian shirts, sun hats, um, you know, fancy Christmas stuff, all, all kinds of fun stuff, especially once we get into the gift-giving season. FOCO always has our back for Colorado sports. They have yours too. They have the best gear around by using our link in the description for all non-presale items. You can use the promo code DNVR for 10% off. All right, tomorrow morning, spring football begins bright and early, 8 a.m. Hopefully it's not too cold. We shall see. But late last week, it was announced that Avery Morrow, the projected starting running back, has been suspended from the team operation since late January. He's currently in a legal situation due to a physical altercation that he got with another uh, CSU student in his apartment complex. I'm not going to speculate on the situation. I have heard some things, but I don't think that's fair. So we'll see how that pans out in court. We'll have to see what the CSU conflict resolution people decide as well. That's another factor that we have to consider. Um, Losing Moro would definitely be a big deal as of right now. Running back is probably the position with the the least depth. You have a couple of freshmen coming to campus and Justin Marshall and Damian Henderson that you're really excited about, but they won't be here until August. So I do wonder if this is a position that they potentially add some depth in the transfer portal because, you know, right now outside of Keegan Hollis, who was a true freshman last year, a walk-on that really proved himself, they just, they don't have any experience there. I'm not sure what, the deal with Tanner Hollins is, if you remember, former Gatorade player of the year out of Columbine High School down in Littleton, signed with the Rams under Adazio, but didn't make it uh, past his first camp. He looked pretty good, actually, in the, the limited time we saw. He was supposed to go to Northern Colorado, but I'm not sure if that ever actually happened. Then back in December, he said he was back. His Twitter bio still says that he's a running back at Colorado State University. That said, he's not currently listed on the roster. That could be an oversight. I'm not sure. His whole college career has seemingly been kind of odd. But however this situation pans out, it's it's going to be a big deal for CSU because Avery is expected to be one of the biggest contributors in the offense. He played great down the stretch in conference play last year. Losing him would be pretty tough, would be pretty tough even if you are excited about the guys that are coming in. And I like what we saw out of Keegan Hollis, but if it's only him, you're going to have to add it back in the portal because as a true freshman, it's just going to be really hard for Marshall and Henderson to make a a big impact early. Maybe you can design some plays to take advantage of their athleticism, but I mean, are they going to be ready in pass pro? How much of the system are they going to know in only a, a couple of weeks on campus? It's, it's a tough spot, but we'll keep our eyes on that position group. We'll see what happens with potential transfer situations, all that. Obviously, we'll we'll monitor what happens with Morrow. Um, we did have some news, though. Kevin Lytle of the Fort Collins Coloradoan, he tweeted out on Saturday the news that Telvis Teodi would be moving from defensive tackle to offensive guard. Clay Nanke would be moving from defensive end to tight end. We really haven't seen much of those guys other than in, in practice, I will say, 
Teodi is a guy I was excited about coming in, 6'3", 275. Really wasn't factoring into the rotation with the the depth that they have there. So I think him getting on the offensive side makes a lot of sense. And and same with Nanke. I mean, he's really got great length, but he's rail thin. I think this way they might be able to take advantage of his athleticism a little bit more, assuming that he can catch the ball. But I'll give him the benefit of the doubt going in. I mean, he was a three-sport athlete in high school, played baseball and basketball as well. So I imagine the hand-eye is pretty solid. And at the end of the day, tight end and offensive line, those are position groups where they need to be better this year. They need more production from the tight end position in the pass game. They need the offensive line to step it up. So if you have guys that can be impactful there and they're not going to work into the field defensively anyways, this, this makes all the sense in the world. Not going to get too carried away with bold predictions or anything like that. We've seen very little of these guys as is, and I'm going to need an opportunity to see them in action this spring before you know I say something like, oh, look out, you know, Nanke could be tight end two or something. But, I mean, really, even if these guys just end up being rotational guys or contributors in any form, that's a win because you go from getting nothing to getting something in areas where you were lacking. But that's all I've got on this one. I'm looking forward to seeing what happens this week, getting to see this roster a little bit, kind of see where we're at. Again, as I've I've said multiple times now, you kind of got to take spring ball with a grain of salt. You've still got a ton of guys come in this summer. But I think at positions like linebacker, at running back, which we just discussed, cornerback two, who's going to start opposite side of, of Chigose and Nuzium, you know, or, or either of these new kickers going to push Henry Cattleman. All of that's going to be really interesting to see. And I think you can start laying the foundation and kind of creating that impression in spring. And then you've got to, you got to solidify it in August, but shout out to all of you for continuing to support the pod. I hope everybody's had as much fun with this NCAA tournament run as I have. We'll definitely be focusing more on football, especially as we actually get into the spring practices. We just need to see some action. But shout out to the homies over at DraftKings. Use that code DNVR when you sign up. Much love, y'all. Peace. Machetes at a deli in New Delhi Feeling scummy like Martin Scarelli Turn jam into jelly then drink it like juice But water's the truth so I sip on that too Skinny looking kid with no car keys Like the only thing I drive is RCRV's got the stash like Steve Harvey Oh I'm gnarly